You're listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the IPHC Leadership Cast. I'm Garrett Magby and today I'm here talking with Dr. Harold Dalton, uh, the Assistant Director of the World Missions Ministries Department here at the IPHC GMC building. Dr. Dalton, how are you doing today? Good afternoon, Garrett. Nice to be with you. It is a pleasure to have you on the show, and uh, I'm glad uh, glad we have this opportunity to sit down and talk. And, and today we're going to talk over, actually, uh, a book by B.E. Underwood called Spiritual Gifts. And this is a book that uh, came out not long ago, but I want to ask you more about, um, first of all, who is B.E. Underwood, the author? And, uh, and give us a little bit of backstory on him and, and yourself and connections you guys might have with one another. Interesting, Garrett. Now, you're a young man. Uh, B.E. Underwood used to be the general superintendent of the Pentecostal Holiness Church. Prior to that was the executive director of World Missions Ministries. Uh, he went to be with the Lord in 1999. Okay. Now, that would have made you how old, Garrett, in 1999? I would have been about 12 years old in okay, 1999. Okay, I know you're a young man, <laughs> and you would not remember him. But uh, B.E. Underwood was a great man in the history of the Pentecostal Holiness Church. Uh, served on the general level, as I just said, 16 years as Executive Director of World Missions, and then eight years as the General Superintendent. Uh, he came from the state of Virginia, uh, Appalachian Conference, served as superintendent there and pastor before that. Uh, he left a big mark on the Pentecostal Holiness Church. He wrote several books that are still in print today, but the most famous one, the one he's best known for, is this one we're talking about here today, Spiritual Gifts, Ministries, and Manifestations. It was actually published in 1984, the very first time. It's okay. been reprinted a number of times since then. Since then. And uh, uh, as we're talking, and, and this is uh, one of the major reasons also we wanted to talk to you about this book, is that we're actually in our emphasis of the gifts of the Spirit and that sort of thing here in the denomination. So uh, you said the book was published in 1984. What was going on at that time period? Interesting time period. Uh, a lot of history there. You can go back and study this. Uh, young people won't remember it, but people my age remember it very well. Uh, in the 1960s, the end of that decade and the beginning of the 70s, nationally and internationally was the time of the Vietnam War. A lot of protests going on here in the United States. It was a hippie movement. Uh, on a spiritual side, it was also a very dynamic time. Two uh, dramatic things were going on at that time. One was called the Jesus People Movement. It started in the 60s, and uh, particularly toward the end of the 60s and early 70s, made a profound impact on uh, the church, still going on today. One thing in particular there, out of the Jesus People movement, came uh, contemporary Christian music. Okay, yeah. You yeah. take that for granted now because it's always been around in your lifetime, but uh, <laughs> prior to the Jesus People, there was no such thing as uh, contemporary Christian music. It was, it was taking the sounds of secular music and wedding that to the words of sacred music and uh, created a, a completely new genre of music. Uh, it was also the beginnings of the charismatic movement uh, in the 70s and that also had a profound effect on the church. 
and still is to this day. So it was an interesting time. And and the time period itself would kind of lean um, or or give reference to you know this book coming out really. Uh, has a, a focus on, I'm sure, a question that a lot of Christians, especially as a result of the Jesus movement, that sort of thing, uh, you know, they're diving deeper into the Word and they're trying to get an understanding of things like spiritual gifts and, and that sort. And yet, this would be something that would be of high interest now as well as then. You know, at that point, they were still, people were diving in trying to get a hold of what was going on. So I, I feel like the times, would you say they lend to that that uh, you know advanced study of, of the gifts of the Spirit or trying to gain a, a higher understanding of what the Bible is referring a- Absolutely. To? A couple of just really uh, phenomenal things happened. In the year 1972, there was a little small book published uh, by the name Body Life. The author of that book was a man named Ray Steadman. He was a pastor in California, became one of the very prominent leaders of the Jesus people. But he did a study of the church and wrote this little book emphasizing something that had been around forever, but he just brought it to the forefront. And that was that every Christian, no exceptions, every Christian is gifted by the Holy Spirit. When you become a Christian, there is some supernatural endowment that is put on you. And so he raised the awareness of people that, hey, it's not just the the pastor or the priest or maybe someone leading singing, but every member of the church has a role to play. He tied that, of course, to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which talks about the body of Christ, one body but many parts. Right. And uh, that teaching uh, really caught on. Uh, Christian books usually don't sell that many copies, but this book just took off. Uh, I told you it was published in 1972. In 1979, it was revised and expanded. But in that short period of time, from 1972 to 1979, it had sold over 400,000 copies. Wow. And for a Christian book, that's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Not a novel, not fiction, but a teaching book. And it's still being sold to this very day. And so he emphasized that whole concept of the body of Christ, body life. And that caught on. And people got a new understanding that uh, the church is made up of parts, just like your human body. Uh, No spare parts, no unnecessary parts, but every part has a role to play. And so as Christians then, we need to understand that. We need to study that subject and find out what is my role? Not just pastors, but every member of the church. Of the church. And so uh, Brother Underwood picked up on that a little bit later. There were many other books during that period of time written addressing that subject. And uh, lots of teaching going on during that time. Uh, Brother Underwood was uh, involved in that. Uh, he traveled all over the world as director of world missions. He taught the subject in many different places, received feedback from Uh, scores of people. And then uh, when he felt like he had it really conceptualized in his own mind, he published this book. Published this book. And and what is distinctive about spiritual gifts by B.E. Underwood? What is the distinctive uh, factor of this book? If you look at the title, the name of the book is Spiritual Gifts, Ministries, and Manifestations. 
Underwood drew a distinction that not very many people had noticed up to that point. Uh, he said, okay, in the scriptures, there are really three different passages that list the gifts of the Holy Spirit. One is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. One is in Ephesians chapter 4. And then the other one is in the book of Romans. And so uh, he looked at each one of those three lists and said, okay, there's something distinctly different about these uh, lists. And so he divided them into what he called ministries and manifestations. What, now, yeah, tell me, what is ministries and manifestations, that division that he, he divided these things into? Underwood started off talking about the manifestation gifts. Now, that is the list that you will find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. Okay. Very familiar list. And that is the list that most Pentecostals had zeroed in on. Uh, actually, there are three of those gifts that receive most of the attention. The first one is speaking in tongues. Now, as Pentecostals, that is front and center because we believe that speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So tongues for Pentecostal is just always there. It's, it's right. emphasized all the time. The other two are probably uh, the gifts of healings and miracles. And the reason for that is those gifts are often seen in the context of evangelism both right. here in the United States and around the world. When you're uh, ministering to a person, trying to uh, share the gospel with them and lead them to Jesus Christ, there's nothing more powerful than seeing a miracle or seeing a person healed. Yeah. And so in many, many, many cases, uh, that resulted in people coming to the Lord. So those gifts, speaking in tongues, uh, gifts of healings, miracles, were very common, very well known in Pentecostal churches. But the rest of that list, there are nine of those. There's word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, uh, discernment of spirits, uh, interpretation of tongues. Uh, Pentecostals believed that, but it just wasn't front and center. Right. right. And so Underwood uh, emphasized that. He said it's not just three gifts of the Spirit or four or whatever limited number you think about, but we need to be looking at all of them. And all of these should be uh, regularly seen in worship services. He, on the other side, uh, he talked about ministry gifts. And those are the gifts that are listed in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and also Romans chapter 12. Uh, he divided that into two different categories. One that he called equipping gifts. That's the list that we find in Ephesians chapter 4. Apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. A very clear uh, job description, if you want to use that word, <laughs> given for those gifts. Right. They are for the equipping of the saints. These are the leaders of the church, and they are specifically gifted to equip all the other members of the church. So he called those the leadership gifts. And then the list in Romans, uh, he called body ministry. Those are gifts like uh, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, ruling, mercy. Uh, those kinds of gifts are primarily used with Christians ministering to each other in the context of the local church. And so on the one hand, you had manifestation gifts. On the other hand, ministry gifts. 
manifestation gifts, as Underwood would point out, are what he liked to call the surprises of the spirit, the outshinings. A manifestation gift could be uh, revealed to anybody. Any member of the body of Christ can pray for a sick person and see that person healed. Yeah, yeah. They can expect a miracle. They can expect God to give them supernatural faith to see an answer to prayer. Those are those surprises, those outshinings. And it can happen with any spirit-filled Christian. On the other hand, the ministry gifts tend to be gifted people. For example, a pastor. If you had the gift of pastor, Garrett, everyone would recognize that, and there would be a position called the pastor of the church. Right, right. And so you're a, a gifted person. So it's not just an outshining that spontaneously happens at certain times, but it is a gift that rests on you. You are a gifted person. They can operate in that that gift, basically, for yeah. an extended period of time. Right, just exactly. The outshining. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the same thing as an evangelist or a teacher or an apostle or prophet or, or those uh, that he called body, body ministry, uh, the gift of giving, for example. Some people just supernaturally uh, are gifted in that way. They right. know how to earn money, and they are very generous givers. And so it's not just a spontaneous thing that happens sometime, but it's a characteristic of their life. God has just supernaturally endowed them to do that. And it's a beautiful thing. Oh, Praise yeah. the Lord for oh, it. Praise the Lord. And, and the book covers each one of these uh, each section of gifts and each type of gift within that, that different definition of what the gift is. Generally speaking, each one of those is a different chapter. But he takes these gifts one by one and, and gives a definition of it, gives examples of what that would look like in the context of the local church. Now, I want to ask you, uh, before we um, go on with the book, just real quick, uh, tell me a little bit about your experience with B.E. Underwood himself uh, in your personal dealings with him and, and, and that sort of thing um, early on in your days with the IPHC. And well, I told you uh, just a minute ago, uh, the first time I met Reverend Underwood, he was the executive director of World Missions. Right. So he was a good bit older than I am. He was an established leader, and I was just a kid just graduating from college. And I had felt the Lord directing me and my new wife at that time to be involved in world missions. And so I had uh, made an appointment to meet him at a certain place. And so I felt like a kid. I mean, I'm just this <laughs> this young guy. Uh, this was in June. Uh, I had graduated from university in May. So just uh, three or four weeks after I graduated from university, uh, I met him. Uh, he didn't know me, never seen me before. And we sat down and uh, had a nice uh, chat. And I said, I feel like the Lord is directing me and my new wife to uh, be involved in world missions. And uh, I just want to discuss it. So anyway, that's the way the relationship started. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I, I'm sure it was a supernatural thing. Uh, he just took a liking to me and my wife. And uh, we had a very close relationship from then on for many years. Uh, a lot of that time he was my boss until he was elected general superintendent and then I had another boss. Uh, but anyway, uh, we had a very close relationship 
from 1971 until he passed away in, in 1999. Uh, he helped me in, in many, many, many different ways, opened doors of opportunity for me, gave me uh, ministry opportunities for which I'm forever grateful. So anyway, he had a very profound influence on my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounds like it. And, and in this period of time uh, that you knew him, did you all ever get to discuss his his writings about the spiritual gifts or uh, you know his his books in general. I mean, many 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 times. <laughs> uh, now again, remember, I'm the young kid, and he's the senior leader. Right. But uh, he would ask my opinion on many things. Uh, a lot of times we travel together, uh, particularly after I came to headquarters here and worked uh, in the office. Uh, we would be at, at different meetings. And a lot of times travel together, but just countless times uh, sit and talk and discuss all of these things. So uh, I was able to watch the development as it crystallized in his own mind and then see him and be with him in many opportunities where he was ministering. So it, it was a great privilege for me. And that that's such a neat thing that you got to be there for yeah. for that time period and with him as he's developing you yeah. know, all of these different aspects of, of uh his book, but also the understanding of the spiritual sure. gifts. Now, now let me ask you this, transitioning back over to the book uh, itself. Why is it that it's still required, uh, this book particular, um, for study in the ministerial credentials programs and that sort of thing? A number of years ago, uh, I'm not sure exactly which year, but anyway, this book was uh, placed in the ministerial study curriculum for credentials in our church. And the committee that uh, made that decision uh, made the judgment that this is just basic uh, Christian doctrine, but also for our particular denomination, this is something that we want front and center. Yeah. Uh, we are a Pentecostal denomination. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we want to see it in operation. And so any new minister that comes into our organization we want him to be or her to be exposed to this uh, to have a good understanding of it and then to expect to see it in operation because it's not just uh you know fun and games this is just basic christianity Right, right this is the nature of the church that we're talking about here yes so that understanding is of utmost importance especially exactly. for new ministers who are going to go out and operate in that that continual gift of pastoring or, or um, evangelism or whatever exactly uh, we want to see every member of the church understand this yeah and understand that you or anyone else any member of the church is supernaturally gifted the problem is a lot of people don't know that and they don't understand that. And so they need teaching uh, so that uh, they will be enlightened on that. And when that revelation comes to them and they understand it, then uh, they personally, individually, are much more fulfilled because now they see they have a role to play. So it's beneficial to, to the individual, but then it benefits everyone else because you are a blessing, because you're right. ministering to the body out of the gifts that God has given you. Absolutely, absolutely. Now let me ask you this. How does the book conclude? What is the the summary of the book as you finish it? Interesting. When you come to the last, uh, actually, two or three chapters of the book, uh, he talks about the atmosphere of the gifts. 
interesting way he puts it uh, on, on a negative side and also a positive side. Uh, the atmosphere. Just think about that word, the atmosphere. If you have the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, what is the atmosphere? Okay, the negative of that is uh, the works of the flesh. And that can absolutely destroy the entire church. And it can certainly destroy the individual. And so those uh, works of the flesh... Uh, both of these, the works of the flesh and the, the, the uh, gifts of the Spirit, or the fruit of the Spirit, is in Galatians chapter 5. And so the works of the flesh, there are 15 different things that are listed there. And these are the things that the Apostle Paul is warning us against. Uh, these things must be brought under the control of the Holy Spirit. We must confess uh, that they're sins and they're not supposed to be part of the ongoing lifestyle of the Christian. Right. And so you have to uh, guard against that. Uh, things like jealousy, anger, uh, the whole list of 15 different things. Right. That atmosphere, if it's the works of the flesh, it will kill the operation of the spirit. And that's the end of it. And a lot of times when people start talking about this subject, Uh, Some of these negative characteristics come up and some people just back off and and they don't follow through on it. But anyway, they have to be recognized and uh, repented of and corrected. Right, right. On the positive side are the fruit of the Spirit. And the atmosphere of the fruit of the Spirit, there are nine different uh, things listed there, but it's all summarized in one, which is love. Yeah. And that atmosphere encourages the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, anyway, the atmosphere really controls what happens here, whether or not it's a a fruitful, useful uh, thing that will go forward with great benefit or whether it's uh, just dead in the tracks. Right, right. And so uh, uh, he he concludes the book that way. Uh, What about the atmosphere? We've got to make sure that, that the atmosphere is right. Right, and the one word summary of that is love. And love, and 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 under that summary of love, all of those things, all those works of the flesh, will be um, basically destroyed in the in the presence of the fruit or the gifts of the spirit. Um, but it, in the reverse side, if people don't get rid of those things, as you were talking about, they will start to kill the gifts of the spirit, and they will yeah, people will start living for themselves rather than in the operation of the Holy Spirit in their life. And unfortunately, that happens sometimes, yeah. and it's sad when it does, but it can be corrected. We don't right. have to right. uh, lose the benefit of the operation of the Spirit like, like it's designed to be, but we encourage that atmosphere of the fruit so that it flourishes. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Absolutely. Uh, any final thoughts before we, uh, we go for our listeners you want to leave them with? I would just like to encourage uh, anyone that's listening to this, if you have not gotten a copy of this book, uh, to order a copy of it. It's uh, easy to read, but very helpful. Yes. And every church uh, needs to be aware of the teachings of the uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, every Christian should be uh, determined to uh, discover what their gifting is and then use that gifting for their own benefit, spiritual growth and nourishment, but also to be a blessing to everyone else in the church. 
Absolutely. And you can you can order a copy of the book. Uh, of course, the title is Spiritual Gifts um, by B.E. Underwood. And you can get a copy of that book um, a couple different places, uh, but you can find links to it on iphc.org forward slash publications, or you can also go directly to www.lifesprings.net and you can order the book just by searching the title right there at Lifesprings uh, website. So those are a couple different ways to get to it. There's three um, different parts to the book. You've got, the, of course, the book itself, and then there's also a student workbook and a teacher's guide, um, all great resources along with the book that... Uh, you would say are highly recommended uh, to, to get all together and to study. Um, so, Dr. Dalton, we thank you so much for being with us today on uh, the Leadership Cast, and we appreciate uh, all of your knowledge and insights and, and wisdom that you've um, given to us today. And, Garrett, thanks for the opportunity. It's been great having this little talk. Well, thank you very much, and hopefully we'll have you, have you back soon. Thank you for listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. For more information on the Leadership Cast and other church-related resources, please visit www.iphc.org.